It's trade deadline day. It's a month from mid-May, and the Razor Boy plans to be, get this, vaxxed, fully vaxxed, and waxed for the summer of 2021. Welcome once again, everybody, to Rinky Dinking, the podcast presented by Duncan. I'm here with my my buddies, the great Mike Heike, who's had a busy day, and uh, I'm sure our Jeff Totes, who does everything, man, gives you the images and produces this, whatever this is that we crank out. And were you busy today as well with stuff, or was today a recovery day? Yeah, today was more of a laundry and grocery day after all the road time. Oh my God, we don't need to go that deep into it, do we? <laughs> but yeah, we, you've been a busy boy, have you not? Yep, yep. Yeah. Not as much as Mike, we, though. We live vicariously through you back here when you're on the road, you know? I'll take it. Yep. You guys Mike, busy today. You're going to carry this whole thing, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm just Ready? pondering whether you got the Brazilian vaccine or the Brazilian waxing. It, Maybe it, could it be was both. a Brazilian waxing. <laughs> hey, see how I combined it there? This is why hey people tune into the podcast hey for moments like well, this. That, Mike, we're trying to grip them up top. That's what we're doing. We're gripping them immediately. It's trying to. It's an opening statement that, that gets them, in, and now they're locked in as we talk about the trade deadline. Uh, do you have the numbers on the number of deals and players and all that yet? I don't. Have you done your homework? No, I was writing a big, long story. Yeah, I know you were. <laughs> uh, well, in a year where transactions, get this, have been up a whopping 400%. Wow. And that's gospel. Well, think about yeah. it. With the, I mean, if, if a day goes by where Tanner Caro either doesn't get sent to the taxi squad <laughs> or pulled from the taxi squad, it's not a day that ends in Y. <laughs> And I think he got pulled again today, did he not? He did. I think he's, he he's back did. from the taxi squad. So with all of that and whatever other transactions, a lot of guys on waivers throughout the year, but 400%. You know, in a normal season, there's somewhere around 33, 3,400 transactions. So just times that by 400%. And that's the pace that they're on this season. Now, they're not going to get there. He's only playing 56 games. So anyway, there were a lot of deals, and there are a bunch of players. We'll go with that. Am I accurate with that, Mike? You are accurate with so. that. And in yeah. fact, if you're a Stars fan, a lot of Stars, uh, former Stars players involved, too. Okay, well, Which is it. fun. Let's, okay. let's piecemeal our way through this here. It's the PDL, okay. the pandemic deadline. Uh, <laughs> how 2021, though, that the Stars on trade day make a claim day, right? <laughs> yes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's just... That's just the year that is. And uh, they're able to grab Sammy Votnin from Waivers, Waivers uh, Nucheros, or whatever we call it, and another Finn, which is awesome. Uh, I will welcome every Finn forever into the <laughs> fold, into the bosom here of the Dallas. And Sammy is the always coveted mobile right shot defenseman. And can be a power play guy and obviously a puck mover and a fin. So lots to like. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, as much as I know people want to criticize Jim for not going out and making a trade or whatever, uh, he's a really interesting player that could be the perfect fit. Um, he is a guy who was a skilled defenseman in Anaheim, but this year leading the New Jersey Devils in shorthanded time 
per, on ice per game. So he's gotten a little bit of transition. So the hope is that he can be a little bit of both, which is, I think, what the Dallas Stars ask of their defensemen. So he, he could be a good fit here. Maybe Lindy had him killing penalties because he thought maybe he could score. <laughs> could shove the offense up there. No, look. He, trying to get those shorthanded that, goals. It, it's like Joel Hanley. You know, like that, that is, it used to be to kill penalties, you had to be a monster back there, right? And now it's more about uh, guts. You have to have that, but you also have to have mobility. And a lot of times your best penalty killers are guys that have played on power plays because they can understand and anticipate what the other side is trying to do more so than a lot of, you know, fourth line guys that, that are just defensive players that uh, don't get reps and haven't had recent reps on a power play. So that's my little two cents on it. It also It's a great assessment. We have a smallish other Finn who's kind of good at penalty killing as well. So of course he's sort of unique, I guess. Uh Miro? Yeah. Yeah. We don't compare Miro to anybody. <laughs> you like, can't compare Miro to anybody. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> he's Miroic. We leave him alone. That's the, true. But but it also it also leads you to believe and you could understand it uh after Andre Sekera left the game last night and that third pair has been such a a good pair for this team to be able to you know there's some clubs that once you get past their top two pairs on defense you just run a muck against that third pair they they're just trying to cobble something together they i think they all hold their breath on the bench while they're out there and then they get their other four guys out there as often as possible. And with the Stars, that has not been a concern. And those guys have, have been penalty killers uh, for the team. So, uh, you know, he took a rocket in the laces last night, never came back. We'll find out here uh, soon. But with the timing of it, I mean, you can't roll the dice if they didn't have reports back in on uh, what, what was up with, with that. Uh, you you better not get caught with your pants down and and grab someone and everybody's trying to get a little deeper at that position heading into whether it's a a playoff race stretch or into the actual playoffs themselves. Yes, agreed. Now, and I think I, you know the defensemen, the fact <laughs> are important trading pieces today. Mike, I'm going to put one of those bull rings reason- through your nose and lead you right through this, or am I delayed? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, maybe I was waiting, and then oh, my timing. My timing dramatic pauses. <laughs> no, those are dramatic pauses. I, I like. Did it. you ever watch Columbo back when? Oh God, please! <laughs> hey, let's go through <laughs> the division. Thing. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yes, Mike. I'm here. Are, am I on yeah. delay? Well, the, I don't know, but you said okay. one more thing, and then and then there was nothing. I, I was joking. The flow of this conversation is just excellent. Oh my I god! I was trying to be funny. The humor <laughs> that was there. humor. Yeah, from Columbo. Columbo humor from 1970s television. Everybody oh, gets that. Oh, Mike, we're losing <laughs> listeners by the second here. Let's move on to the division. To- Totesy, you're a big Columbo fan, aren't you? Oh, this is my brutal, god, Mike. Cut his mic. We're gonna Totsie, cut this. Cut segment. his mic. I'll just do it. All right, this is like the. This is like the trade deadline, actually. Just a bunch of chit-chat garbage and nothing going on. So Tampa Bay added depth to their defense, which is not a shock, and they've been a little banged up there, right? So they get the big cat, David Savard, uh, out of the Columbus Blue Jackets. What do you think of that deal? A good defensive defenseman and physical. 
um, which I think they saw last year and in the big. playoffs that uh, yeah, adding physical, adding physical forwards oh. helped them. So why not add a little bit of uh, physicality on the back end? All right, Carolina subtracted depth from their D at first. It looked like when Hayden Flurry got dealt, and then all of a sudden we look at what the return is, and they're bringing in a, a banging D man from Anaheim. So uh, they just got a different type there. Yes. Yeah. And I like Carolina. I just think they they make smart moves. Um, that you know they're they're a good team uh, and, yeah. and consistent and deep, um, and you know not as banged up as some of these other teams uh, in in our division. All right, Florida. Uh, they added D help because they are banged up. They lost Aaron Eckblad yes. when they were in town a couple of weeks ago, so they get Montour. And the the interesting one, I mean, they made a bunch of moves to open up some space in that, but they added Sam Bennett from Calgary, uh, who's a heavy forward, former real high pick that just got sideways in, in Calgary. There were rumblings all year they were going to deal him, and they finally did. And they get Nikita Gusev, so some skill plus uh, for, at forward there as well. So they're – they're probably a better team now than they were a couple days ago, right? Well, and the other, and it just depends. I mean, it's always a gamble, but when you take players who have struggled and you give them a fresh start, the opportunity for the upside is huge. And so, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Nisev, but he's been a good player in his career. And, and you know, same thing with Bennett. I mean, they may just see this as a great opportunity to just come in there and be free. And, and take advantage of the opportunity. So it's a little bit of a risk because those players have struggled at times, but you're giving them a new start, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and you're kind of betting on your own uh, culture, right? And, and saying, Yeah, well, you, you always we'll think you can that. coach someone better than they can. Well, yeah, yeah, good point. You've you got a Stanley Cup winning coach, and, and you're like, look, we like what we got going on. We like the personnel we have around here. Uh, we're going to bring in these guys. We think they'll be better players for us than they were for the teams they were playing with because we're not them. Bang. That's yeah. how you unfold Gusev, that. Gusev's not Zuccarello, but it's, I was kind of looking at him and saying, is that a guy the Stars should be interested in? Because he is a playmaking winger, but again, they need goal scorers more than playmakers. Mm, we'll get to that. Nashville. Okay. They add Eric Goodbranson, a banging uh, experienced D-man. So they went from sellers to buyers in what two and a half weeks, three weeks. Yeah, but <laughs> eleven know? two and two, or eleven two and three, and those, I, I, it makes a big that, difference. It's incredible, but it's also I I think it's it's great hope for the stars to see that. Yes, is it not? Yes, I mean you yeah. can look at that, well, and, and again you, I, you can say, hey, look, these guys were talking about trading this guy and that guy, and uh, that just read doing their cupboards and everything else. And now they're like, well, hold it. We might need an extra defenseman for our long playoff run here. Oh yeah, really? But well, not, yeah. And not necessarily that they're, they're so banged up too. They, I think they just needed another body. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and, and the other thing that's interesting is watching that game the other night, it, the, these are going to get physical. And so having physical players. Well, think about I think how physical that thing. was last night. That's what I'm and saying. No, neither mean, team had any energy, and they were still trying to crack each other. You're right. So adding that element is going to be important down the stretch. 
Okay, Chicago. They unloaded Yanmark to Vegas, and Soderbergh goes back to Colorado. Thoughts? Uh, are we giving up here? I'm a great host. Uh, it's interesting. Just wh- segment. Well, again, you look at the schedule, and Columbus is coming in, and, and the thought process has to be, well, they feel like they gave up. And Detroit's there, and they're rebuilding, and now Chicago, maybe they're giving up too. And so we'll see what happens, and you still have to go out and win the games, but um, I think it's a good sign for the Stars if you've got games against Columbus and Chicago that, that hopefully you should be able to go out and win those. Yeah. I wonder how that resonates with guys like you – know, it just looks like Patrick Kane's put everything he possibly can into the season, and then you're like, hmm. Or maybe they just feel like – hey, the reality on Matias too is, yeah, he's double digits in goals, but he had the – Team worst uh, plus minus when we went in there last and week. And hadn't like scored he much like in, a, in a month six, or he was so. He's like either. minus sixteen, and Soderberg yeah. was a healthy scratch in in the yeah. last little while. So it's it's not as if they're you know extracting personnel from their top six or anything like that. Although yeah. Yanmark played there a little bit, maybe they just feel like, hey, we can get some assets. We can we can do a little bit of both. We can chase two rabbits, if you will, which is a difficult thing to do. Uh, Columbus. I, so I mean, that- hold it, Mike. We're moving on. We're trying. This isn't going to be a one-hour trade rehash. Are you ready, or you got more? Chicago. Uh, Go. I, I, I heard. I heard Columbus. Well, and then you stammered, and I was trying to move through it and and lead you to something. Columbus. They lead traded me. their captain, Mike Heika. Your thoughts? They're giving up. Uh, it, it'll be really interesting, and 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 I, the way that Tortorella coaches. That's a real hard, like he's asking you to, you know, give your life every game. And, oh, by the way, we just traded our captain away. So that's a real hard message to get across for them, I think. Yeah, well, they know they're not getting in. That, no. That's obvious. Now, they got a, they got a very good return on trading yeah. Felino and Savard. I mean, that, that's, they, he did well for a club yeah. that obviously wasn't going to get, they're not going to get in. No. They, they can't. And uh, so they, yeah, they pushed their chips to the middle of the table. Uh, Detroit, do, you have, do we have enough time on the podcast to go through what they've done? <laughs> the big one, I guess, was today with Mantha to Washington. That was a doozy. Yes. Huh. Yeah, there are a lot of people who believe that Mantha was struggling and that, that bringing in the two guys they did from Washington could actually help them immediately. So I, I, that'll be interesting to that. watch. Yeah. And they got, would they get a first and a second? Something like that, yeah. I think they got a first and second, Verana and Panic or Ponic, depending on who you're talking to and how you want to pronounce it. But, yeah, I I thought the same thing. I was like, man, that is is some solid GMing going on there by Stevie Y. And uh, I like, obviously, what he did in in Tampa. And I'm a fan of Detroit just because all my relatives are Of course you are, I think he'll do great. Yeah. Anybody (sighs) else in Detroit that you want to fawn over? Uh, well, you know, they just got uh, Goff at quarterback. Uh, you know, sent no, 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 no. Stay joking. in the lane. <laughs> they traded Patrick Nemeth. You alluded to that earlier, and he is a former Dallas star. I was trying to lead he you is. by your nostrils again. <laughs> traded him to Colorado, right? Okay, okay. And Colorado so, traded away who? Another former Stars defenseman or whatever? I don't know. You're sorry. Oh my God! Are you like laughing gas or something today? I am. Been writing I'm all, all day. Over the place. We got you, Giddy. It's been okay. it's been a little bit hectic today. 
Okay. Well, good. Uh, we'll blow through this. A little bit left in this uh, segment, Mike, and then I'm going to give you <laughs> okay. a break. I'm going to do a Duncan read. Okay. Okay. So, I love that. Uh, outside of of the division, uh, Jamie, the bro of Jordy, or Jamie's bro, Jordy, uh, continues his tour of Canada as he's a Jet now. So it is truly Ben and Benny and the Jets, I guess. We finally got that in reality. <laughs> but he's been a Montreal Canadian, a Vancouver Canuck. Now he's a Winnipeg Jet. Uh, he's got he's to spend some time in Alberta, uh, either Calgary or Edmonton, and uh, then Ontario, and uh, then he's got it covered, right? Yeah, so good and I think, I think he's a good fit. Like, I know he's people good Canadian will criticize. Boy. Sure he is. Well, and people will criticize me for liking Jordy too much because he, there are some holes in his game. Uh, but I think he's a solid defenseman. I think Winnipeg needs that kind of depth. And I think it's great for him to go to a really good team and have a good playoff run. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Agreed. He's a, I, he's a good depth uh, for what they got going on there. And he's a good Canadian yeah. kid, so... His numbers were uh, always fine here. Yeah, that was a long time ago, Mike. We've moved past that. It was. Uh, final nugget out of trade, uh, the PDL, the pandemic deadline. The Anaheim Ducks made a trade again this year. That's at least one deadline deal every single year since 2006. That is the longest such streak in the league. But you didn't know that, did you? I did not. For some reason, I don't really care about the Ducks this season, but that's no. a really interesting point. Well, it's, it's more about the Nugget than it is the Ducks, Mike. Uh, that was the point. Gotcha. Okay, take your break here. Catch your breath. We're <laughs> going to go hard in the next segment. But okay. uh, hockey departments across the league, no doubt, slammed a whack of coffee over the last 42 hours. There's no question. Let's hope many were swilling the true greatness of Duncan. Uh, Duncan sweet cold foam, kind of perfect. Sweet, cold, foamy, the perfect top to the perfect Duncan cold brew. And if you're curious, uh, DD Perks members can try a medium cold brew beverage for three dollars, three bucks. The Dallas Stars run on Duncan, and price and participation may vary. Mike, uh, one more thing, Razor. Uh, that's a really good price. Like, I mean, if you want to okay. go there and try. <laughs> That's a solid point, Mike. Thanks for chiming in. You're right. Like, I, I drink that stuff, and, and three bucks is a great price, just so you know. Okay. I, that's, that's wonderful. See, you're all fresh and, and ready <laughs> I'm here, to I'm go. just trying to help. Okay. Let, let's talk about the stars in the shootout, shall we? Okay. A love affair on the rocks is what I'm calling it. Love on the rocks. Ain't no surprise. Just pour me a drink and I'll tell you some lies. It was truly love at first sight, the shootout in the Dallas Stars. It is now a nasty, cold relationship. Mike, I know you remember this. Uh, Totsi, I don't believe you do, but you're going to get a little knowledge here. That first year, 2005-2006, coming out of the lockout, they redrew the parameters of how this game was going to be played and contested and decided. And they brought in the shootout to end the tie 
and uh, you have overtime, and then you had a shootout. The Stars went 12-1. and one. They shot almost 60%. They allowed only nine goals on 41 attempts. The juice was truly loose, UC Jokinen. He, he was, he was a, a rock star. He would go over to the bench, remember? And, and he had this whole routine with his gloves and drove the trainers nuts. But, hey, he went 10 for 13. 10 for 13. And then Zubov followed that up. Zuby went 7 for 12. And then if they needed, in the three-hole, oh, hey, Mike Madonna, he goes 3 for 7. That's nuts, isn't it? Well, on the they other end of the so ice. They were so good. They were so Marta good. Marta Turco was no, uh, no slouch either, was he? They allowed nine goals that year in 13 in shootouts. In shootouts. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, it was both ends of it. So you look yeah. at this year. It was, and, it was and, fun. Oh, my God, because it was new, right? And yeah. they were great at it. It was perfect. Yeah, we had not Here's seen. Yeah, you know, we've thing. not seen some of those moves that Jokinen would pull. Oh on. yeah, and he had moves, and and Zuby was just such an incredible talent, and and so was Mike. And then after him, if they need be, who was it? Like, would it have been Morrow? I don't think he had too many though. No, Billy Garen ribs wasn't there yet. No, well, we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. Uh, I don't but, know who else okay. it would have been. So Yere, maybe? Success, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That's a good name. Uh, <laughs> so you fast forward to this year. Alexander Radulov is two for three. The rest of the star shooters are three for 19. Oof. And if my math is right, this year in net, it's 10 goals against on 21 attempts. So you're you're not going to win that way. No, you're just you're not, and they aren't. Uh, and so it begs the question: What's the fix now? What is the fix? Because they they're going to find themselves in more of these. Um, one thing they hope is that Joe Pavelski gets a little bit more luck. Uh, I think he's been the victim of a couple of nice saves, and I think he's hit a yeah, he's two been posts. Great in his career. Yeah. Yeah. So the hope the is that that'll. Night. That'll balance out. I, I was shocked they didn't have Miro. Or they did. Did they last night? Uh, God, Mike, why are you doing that? Let me check. I don't Just know. No, I don't think anyway, so. Look, I don't think keep, so. Keep they talking, got, they've Mike. Got to, Let me find it. They've got to try it's some right new here guys, in my notes. I think. I think I'm Continue gonna, on, Mike. I'm finding it right now. I'm going to say Robertson. <laughs> Robertson, Pavelski, Pavelski hints. Hints. I could have yeah. called that. I don't know why so they you, didn't go Miro when Miro had that breakaway. And then Rick said, well, next time Miro's going in well, the shootout. There you go. That that's kind of my my thing. Look, Sagan Radulov Bishop would would change those numbers that I just stated. You are correct. But uh, until they return, uh, you, that what you just stated, maybe like Miro. Let's throw him up top, yep. a little higher, or maybe go completely off the board with your choices. Plus, I'm I'm lobbying for more slap shots. More slap shots. 
see Eric Carlson? The, the problem is the trend is the, the slowing it down and not speeding it up. But eh, maybe that would be a I, I don't care what the tr- – the trend right now for the Dallas Stars is guys go, three of them, and then they skate off uh, with their heads uh, duped or, or stooped a little bit because they lost. Yeah. So something has to change. It's the same thing over and over again. And there's not, there's not as much patience from the guys in pads which is a huge part of goaltending in, in uh, the breakaway competition. You know, you, you, you have to have patience. You have to, you have to uh, back in at the same rate if you can, and then you have to wait for that guy to make his first move. And if you watch the replay of a lot of the goals that have gone in, they've just bit hard on whatever that first move is and got scored yep. on, and they're over in yep. a hurry. It's all easy yep. in replay, Mike. You, well, you Anton learned that. his lesson last night. He, he got he got fooled on the first one. The second one, the other guy came in slow, and and he stayed patient. So, mm. but again, one too late. I want off. You can't the make board, a mistake want, on one. I want for the Anton stars. charging the shooter. I want him to forecheck the shooter. <laughs> I want I want slap slide shots. in there with I'm, a double pad stack. Yeah, I want I want <laughs> Klinger to go, and I want Klinger to do exactly what Carlson did. I want him to just go in and just wind up and crank a clapper home. They they need they need a paradigm shift in this. They yeah. they need something different. Yeah, I, I agree I, with you. I look at I applaud the patience and the belief and guys have been close and all that, but uh, it's not working. So, uh, you know, Sagan, Radulov, and Bishop aren't walking through that door tomorrow. Or maybe they are, but they're not playing. So yeah. I saw a post the other day about, uh, and I thought it was a pretty good question, which three uh, guys from each team's best all-time shootout sniper list would you pick? So Ribeiro was on the Stars, and then you could go through the league. It was each team's you know, best guy, TJ Oshie and Jonathan Taves and each team. So off the top of your head, can you think of three? For Dallas? Or three from somebody else's team? Uh, ah, okay. Um, uh, you know, I would go. You know what, I would we're, probably. We're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. I would probably go with Oshi. Yeah. Uh, Pavel Datsuk is he still available? Well, he doesn't play. In, he doesn't play anymore. But it's a good name. I like oh, it. He was yeah, good when go he did it. <laughs> you can go with him. I'm not sure if he was. I'm. I'm not sure if he's the number one guy for Detroit. But it's a good name. Well, Who and else? again, his were memorable. That's for sure. Um. Hmm. hmm. Adrian I don't really know. Interesting. Remember Adrian Acoin? Speaking of slappers. Yeah. Uh, well, and again, the you know, there's some good. Again, leading Pat, to both Pat, Miro and John. It's hard to believe. There's some good hard defensemen. To believe, hard to believe. Patrick Kane is not the number one guy out of Chicago. It's Taves. Hmm. When you watch Kane. Yeah. And you know, Ribeiro had what 22 of those back in the day because they were in so many of them. Yeah. Sagan's great at it too. Tyler. Tyler's. Tyler's a machine in that. And Joe's, Joe's anyway. history is that he's really good at them. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, everybody, so, everybody dips a little bit from time to time. And then once they get the swerve going again, everything goes in. Yeah. At both ends. He actually so talked about in, that with uh, Robertson because he was, we were talking about Robertson scoring on his first or second one. And uh, Joe said, he goes, you know, the same thing happened to me. He goes, they threw me out there. I scored. And they were like, well, let's use him again. And he goes, all of a sudden I became the guy. And he goes, yeah, it guy. happens yeah. really fast. And, and you know, all of a sudden you get the, the swagger and you believe you can do it, and all of a sudden it yeah. starts happening for you. 
I, I always loved that about Zuboff. He had no problem going first. None. No. And uh, just welcomed the challenge and believed so deeply in himself. And I, I, I think it would be a better spot to go anyway. You know, it's never really your fault. <laughs> you know, like you don't <laughs> score. Okay, well, we got two more yeah, shooters coming behind me. It's when you're that third guy, you absolutely have to score. That's when it gets a little more, mm. and then everybody after that's kind of icing. And, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I thought it was, man, if you go through the 31 teams, though, you can come up with some pretty incredible names and, and guys. And, and both Taves and TJ Oshie were so good for their countries, too. Uh, interna- yeah. internationally. Oshie was just unstoppable for Team USA. That was a dumb rule, though, that you could have the same guy go over and go over. Go over and over again? No, it is. Yeah. That's the best rule. I yeah. love that. I wish they would do that in our league. But, I mean, it's over so quick now. Nobody goes long anymore. So No. Uh, well, hey, the Stars haven't scored well at five versus five either uh, since 2016. But... I bet they haven't allowed much too. That that this is me talking inside my head, right? Because I mm-hmm. I saw this come up recently, and last I looked, they were thirtieth or thirty first out of thirty one teams over the last four years, under what three different coaches, yep. uh, in their full strength offense. It's not good. Uh, it's handcuffing a little bit to your overall ability to succeed. Now the the antithetical stat to that of course would be what mike well maybe they're pretty good at stopping teams from scoring five See, on five now you're now we are dancing the dance mike it took us <laughs> three or four segments we're in lockstep now yeah the stars are the second best in five on five goals allowed in that same span under three different coaches and what four goalies would that be right yep so, it would it be better if they moved toward the middle on both, or just get a little bit better on your on your five on five offense, and that would just change the dynamic of this thing like seventy five percent. It's what they did before the playoffs last year speaks a lot to this issue. And they knew it. They looked at the number. We have to get better offensively. And how can we do that? Well, we'll activate our defensemen and we'll, we'll try and create offense from defense. And Hitch did the same thing. And, you know, the theory is, is very sound, but the execution is difficult. Um, and, and I do think the injuries have hurt them a certain amount this year. Uh, one, you know, not having Sagan as a guy who can help stir the offense. And two, I think a lot of offense from defense comes from the fact you trust your goalie is going to make some saves. And, and, you know, not that Ottinger and Hudobin haven't been very good this year, but missing Ben with his big body back there, I do think that that takes a little bit of wind out of your ability to just go up ice and, and try and score. Um, so I think they have it in their heads that they can do this. Now it's just a matter of actually doing it on the ice. Does that make sense? No, it does not. But um, <laughs> it was a great it was a great soliloquy by you, though. I enjoyed that part of it. You enunciated really well. No, it does. I did. I'm kidding, of course. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, the the other part of it is that they're they're 
versus five inability or struggles to score isn't about they don't create chances to score. It's they don't score on their chances, which I know people are probably worn out of Bones talking about it this year, but it's true. And it was true under Monty, and it was true under Hitch for the most part. Although they got on a little bit of a run there for a while, and then late in the season they, they, they couldn't score to save their lives either. So uh, I, I think if they, if they just found a way – I keep looking at it and just thinking to myself, man, if they just had one or two guys that are just easy, breezy Brett Hall goal scorers, like they just score. They get a chance, it's in. They, instead of I need eight chances and, and it goes in. If just a couple of those guys – it would change that from being 30th out of 31 teams to let's say 20th or 18th there. You know, I'm not, you, you have to give up something to improve another thing. Cause if, if you go back five or six years, it's probably the other way around. They're like, you know, 28th in the league in, in goals against five on five and top three in goals created. So you, somehow you got to find a way to get some balance in there. And cause if you do, you're an impossible team to handle. That's my yes. theory or feeling. But I, I don't like it the, when it's... The hope is Robertson when it gets out is, there. I, hey, I'm still going. I don't like it when it gets out there that, that they just can't score. And without at least mentioning, yeah, but they suppress scoring at an absolute, almost league-leading level. Okay, go. <laughs> okay. Uh, the last two games, I think, are very interesting in the shots against. Um, you know, they, they really did... Shots. No. So, like, if you really do want to look at this team and say they're whatever, second or third in fewest shots against on the season, and I think they're still fourth or fifth in fewest goals against, even though their save percentage isn't because of the shots, I think, is not what it has been in the past. Like, quote, unquote, you could say the goaltending has not been up to that level. But this well, organization... Not through, the, not through the whole thing, but if you look in... Like, if you look over the last six to eight games... It is. If you look at the last – heading into last night, you look at the last six games for Anton Hadobin, he led the league last year at 93% with a save percentage. Correct. And I yes. think he was at 928 over those games. Now, you're just grabbing a sliver of cake, you know, and it's not the whole thing. But it, le- it looks like it's trending in the right direction. In, yeah, uh, in and, that and the, the couple of wins they've had, Jake's been great. So, you know, he's also Even when they didn't win. Too. That yeah. one nothing game. Oh yeah. my God, they would have been down six nothing in the second period without him. So it's just, it's more of what we've talked about and what we've witnessed all season long. It just, it just, it's ebbs and flows. And at the same time, it's Groundhog Day in some areas. So, yeah. Well, and I think you look back at the playoffs, and, and you and I have talked about this. You know, that moment of, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they got that play at that time, that save, that goal, that, you know, whatever it was. Uh, you know, they were getting really good breaks. And you look back at this season, and they're just – they're not getting a whole lot of breaks. And I know that's a loser's lament and what we used to make fun of Edmonton mm-hmm. for. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if you watched every game, they're not getting a lot of breaks. Luck has not been on their side this year. Man, it's been that way for so long, though, that – you know, like, you're just like, when does it turn? Like, it can't go on forever like that, right? No. Right? Well, and then the hope is, like you said, like a Robertson and a Hintz and whoever else might be coming from the minors, maybe this new wave of 
skilled players, you know, they can finish plays and they can yeah. come up with the the big goal at the right time. <laughs> Just, like every time Robertson shoots the puck right now, I'm going like, yeah, shoot it more because they're gonna go in. Yeah, well, he's he's scoring goals. It's nice to have. And yeah, you know, game like yesterday, you look at it and you're like, oh man, if they if they only had like. Segi and and Rad's in there be different, and then you look over at what the Predators had out of their lineup, and you're like, "Oh, we can't use that today. <laughs> no, <laughs> that that one doesn't work in in this one." And you know, part of the reason why I mean, you're just stating the obvious. Part of the reason why they are able to hold them to you know 16 shots for most of the game. I mean, a, the bulk of their drive offensively is in street clothes, and. They both have played a ton of hockey. They played back-to-back, and the Stars got the benefit of playing in the afternoon and flying in, and and the Preds put a lot into that game against Tampa at night and didn't get it, and they didn't have the same zip. Uh, neither team had much in the way of energy. It was it was a slog. I applaud them, though, for putting what they put into these games. It is remarkable. Yeah, and, and you, I think you said in overtime on television that it was – like the the players who would be great at three on three aren't here, and yeah. and that you know that really does hurt the product. Yeah, on both watching. sides. Like yeah. I mean, you're just looking at the guys that are out. You're like every one of those individuals would be on the ice at some point. You would think, or most of them anyway. Yeah. Uh, no three on three come playoff time. But I have a I have a, a quick theory on officiating right now. Want to hear it? Sure. Instead of calling regular season one way tighter, always right. It's always tighter in past and then playoffs another where they introduce prison rules uh they're just letting them play early during the playoff races instead of the playoffs what do you think of that because they're they are not calling a lot of penalties it's no. obvious yes uh and, and i think that's and what that's i don't i i think it's i think it's i think it's uh i think it's purposeful because it looks very much like the stanley cup playoffs where they have stated, or maybe they haven't stated, but they have certainly followed through on, you're going to have to earn your penalties. Like, if you take, it's going to have to be a scoring chance or something. A lot of the little chickeny stuff, we're just not calling. You guys are going to battle. We're going to, and the players have stated in past, for the most part, that that's the way they want it. They want to battle. They don't want this power play against that power play to decide it. Yeah, I agree with that. And and I think... The, the level of physicality and intensity from yesterday's game is what we're going to get, which is a good thing. That's playoff, what they call playoff hockey. That's intensity. That's You're going to get people who are a little bit mad, and then if the refs aren't going to settle it for you, then you're going to get a push, and you're going to get a shove, or you're yeah. going to get a, a battle in the corner, a battle in front of the net, well, and, and I think that can be fun to watch. I agree. And just look at the individuals in the line. You know, outside of Hints and Robertson, they're they're gonna get theirs here, and Rope's in there every night lately, which is terrific. But the FCC line is doing it in both directions, and that's what they excel at. This type of hockey, where you're you're gonna be physically on the line and over it a little bit, and every shift is gonna be pretty physical and hard. And from good defense, you're gonna get your offensive chances, and yeah, and they're doing some damage right now, and. I, I think they recognize we're in these types of games. They're, the refs are – that's the way they're playing it. And uh, and we're going to excel at the game that we're in. And I think teams like 
like Toronto, like I think the Maple Leafs have recognized this. If you look at, I, I was just thinking watching. I watched them the other night because you know you go home and the Leafs are on. Like it's a weird way of watching the league this season. I end up watching the same teams over and over again because some teams play almost every night that the stars are playing, and on your off nights you see the same teams over and over again. <laughs> and uh, you look at the Leafs, and they have skill, obviously, with Matthews and and Marner and and those guys, but. They got a little harder edge than they had before. And they look like a, a club that is like, we get in the playoffs, I don't want to be shocked by, oh, my God, they're not calling penalties. Like like Calgary, like Johnny Goodrow, just like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're not on the power play. <laughs> like, no, they're not going to do that. Like, you're, that's the way it is. It has always been that way, right or wrong. And uh, it looks like they're starting it early, so – yeah, and I think if you look at the last two cup champions, they had that element. They had maroon, and they had a little bit of edge, and maybe they didn't have it, you know, two or three years earlier, well, yeah, but they no, got it. that's a good point. Well, not just maroon. I mean, they bring in the local boy. They bring in Barkley yep. Goodrow. That's something they didn't have. No, they got and St. Louis, I think straight. the same thing. They, they were a little bit more, but, but Doug did a good job of giving that team some edge. Well, he learned his lesson years ago when he trusted the <laughs> league was going to call everything, and then they didn't. And then the, his Stars team that was a great one got mauled in the playoffs. And I don't think he was going to get stunned by that again. <laughs> uh, we got to get out of here pretty soon, right? I haven't heard from Totes. Is he still there? <laughs> I'm still Are we here. just talking? Hanging Is this out? recording? I'm enjoying. <laughs> uh, okay, I want, I want your opinion on this, and then we'll get out of here, okay? I have yep. a theory on – I got a lot of theories this week. I have a theory about warm-up music. Do you notice warm-up music, Tootsie, mm, or not? Only, I guess only if it's bad. If it stands <laughs> out that there's a song that's a weird choice, I'll note that. Or if it's Because you're down there, loud. right? You're yeah, shoot, on the you bench. You warm-up, right. Um, for the most part, I don't, unless it is like an egregious or like a weird choice in the mix. But it's all pretty top 40, current. I wonder if guys even notice or care anymore. Do they? I don't think so. I think they notice it more at AAC because a lot of times guys on the team have a hand in choosing it. Oh, okay. Um, so they, right. yeah. they submit right. requests. Okay, okay. Tom Holy told me that the, the players get to choose the warm-up music. Yeah. Okay. For the well, home this, arena. This further disturbs me then. Yes. Uh-oh. Okay. Warm-up music is creating the hockey that we see. That, that's my thesis. Okay? 20 years ago, metal, metal dominated. Right? In warm-up, it's all you heard. Games were physical and violent and angry. Mosh pits. Okay? Nowadays, techno. Right? A lot of techno. I mean, and the games, slick, up tempo, a bit repetitive, but very happy dancey. If you watch, and you're all scurrying around out there, and, uh, and that's just the way it is. And it, it marries perfectly with the type of music, the music bed that goes through their, their warm up. Now, I wonder whether guys noticed or not, so they do. Uh, we used to plan it, dictate the playlist, make the cassette, and then, of course, as technology came along, the CD, 
and uh, slip that to the PA and have it uh, pumped into the building. And, and music was part of the pump. It was a big part of the pump. Maybe too much. And warm-up had an edge to it back then. Maybe it was because the music was angry. And we would, here's where I get to this, we would never, ever come out to the same song or songs at home if we lost the previous game or lost a, a few with it. It would get changed up. And I've noticed through the years here that I, I'm, I'm shocked sometimes. They, they, they will have lost maybe three or four in a row at home, some of them in overtime, whatever it is, and they come out the next game, it's the same warm-up music. Yeah, in I've the a, same order. I've actually noticed that too, and it's the same with uh, not just in the arena, but in the like the in locker the room. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, in, in pregame when they're doing the stretching and the soccer and all that, and that's directly controlled usually by like Blake Como's phone or just the iPad in the room, but something that everyone has access to and is directly influenced by the players, and and that gets repetitive to me, and I'm always shocked when it's a, a stretch like that, and you're just hearing, like I get it if they're winning. Right, right. Like you, you don't want to change a thing. You want you want that same environment over and over again, a reminder of the warm fuzzies, and it's part of why you're winning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I've noticed that too, and very surprising to me. So Blake's the DJ? He has been, yeah, the past couple of years, but it's kind of by committee. A lot of guys have input. That's interesting because he's like mid-30s now. Right. Of all the people you would guess in the room, wouldn't be, wouldn't yeah. be him. That's good for him. Yeah. That keeps you young. Do that. Try to please. That's tough too. Trying to please an entire room of individuals. Although, I I, I think in our sport it's still probably the same. Where they there's a collective uh, music line going on in there. They're not all in earbuds, are they? I know. No. Probably some, but very few. Some other sports. Your NBA, by the way, they all have their individual. Drake drops <laughs> a track for each guy, probably. Uh, no, that's 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 interesting. So you you don't think, or you do think, the music is appropriate for getting going. I think it's fine. I don't think it influences. If it was different, it would influence yeah. guys that. But I do like the comparison of metal versus techno yeah, for how the game used to be versus how it is now. They're so they're so better now, though, at compartmentalizing their world, like. Back then, it would be like, oh, my God, like, why is that song not on? Guys couldn't play the game if it, it didn't come out in the proper order and everything. <laughs> and now, they, <laughs> now they're able to just go, yeah, I don't know. Was there a song on? Whatever. Here, yeah, let's yeah. do this and get going. There's so much better that way. You know what they say about music, Mike? No. Oh, jeez. I was hoping you'd come up with some wild statement there. but Well, I was, Mike, <laughs> the one thing I will say. Were you listening to anything we said? I did, it's the I soundtrack of our lives, Mike. That's there what it you is. Go. It's the and soundtrack all, of our lives. And all these kids want their own soundtrack for their own lives. They can't share in the soundtrack. They have to be individual. Eh, I don't know that that's true. Is that true, Totsie? Yeah, it's not Totsie. a musical. It's not choreographed. It it's, like, hey, it's like a music. Individual. I saw that, that it's not Zoe's Oklahoma. Right. I saw that Zoe's playlist thing. Isn't that what all these kids are doing these days? It's another TV show reference you guys don't get. Uh, do you think the uh, type of music Yikes. is a reflection of the type of personality of these younger players and that they're going to play that way whether that music is playing or, or not because that's what their personality is? Does that make sense? No. 
Okay, so I do I do like talking to our players about what they listen to. Like when you see them um, on the bus with headphones, stuff like that. I do like discussing what they're listening to, but it's it's all very comparable. And it's yeah, they're listening to the same stuff. Nobody's really. Right. I'm waiting for someone to just pull out a crazy deep 90s grunge reference that's like oh wow but no it's very you take the can off one ear and you hear bad bunny no right exactly exactly (laughs) you hear uh dua lipa that's what you're that's what's cranking back there is it not dua lipa uh a lot of drake see i know i know a lot of posty a lot of posty the state boy we love him uh well hey what you, the listener, are about to hear now is the sweet sonus of end of the dinking, as we call it, whatever Tootsie picks to cue us out of here. Uh, good chat. Way to go, Mike. Thanks for putting Thank up you. with me. That's you guys can run info. out to Dunkin' Donuts now after you, you end this podcast. Yeah. Are you going to type? Is that what you're doing? You got I, already done. I, had to, I had to hurry to get it done. That's why I, I wasn't able to research all the well, trade we, deadline stuff. We appreciate the hustle. There wasn't much research other than checking my Twitter feed, Mike. Don't make me into <laughs> something I'm not. <laughs> hey, thanks to you two again this week. Thanks all of y'all out there. Thanks to Duncan. Uh, the team is set, kind of. It's post-trade deadline day, and we are out of here.